way would I do that. Do what? Oh, sorry. Talking to the wife. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was, I was doing voice uh, warm-ups before I got started. Right, Stretching right. out your vocal cords? Yeah, pretty much. I do that a lot. Yeah, seeing how, how big I can get them to go. The Jews run Hollywood. The Jews run Hollywood. Me, 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 me. One, two, three. One, two, three. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek. Alienate even more listeners. And boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris... A code of honor protects one, Captain, like a magic cloak. Hey, Mickey. I heard you breathe fire. I have eyes as black as coal. Scott. It's not like he was like, ooba I love fried chicken or anything. I mean. And Fort Max. Husky. This week on that one episode of Star Trek, the Enterprise meets Rita Repulsa. <laughs> Ten thousand years. Whatever. Yeah, whatever she says. I don't know. <laughs> For two decades, I was asleep. <laughs> you are the worst Power Rangers fan, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Have you met the fandom? Sadly, yes. <laughs> Have you met the fandom? You are the fandom. No, I'm not. No, I am the law. <laughs> I spent a year on Ranger Board, and that proved to me I am not the fandom. <laughs> Okay, so the fact that you spent a whole year on a on a web forum for this stuff proves that you're not a fan of it. Okay. Uh-huh. Because I'm not still right. there. I mean, I love to suck cock. That doesn't mean I'm gay. There's actually a thing for that. It's just being gay. <laughs> no, you can be straight and still like to suck cock. Eh, I don't know. Your sexual activities do not determine your sexual orientation. Well, I guess if you're forced to suck cock, I mean, you know... Well, I like how gay people can have sex with women. That doesn't make them straight. Yeah, but I've never heard one of them say it's awesome. It was always with regret afterwards. No, not necessarily. I've known gay dudes who have fucked women and said it was fine. Not their cup of tea, but, but you know, they didn't regret it. Is there a qualitative difference between anal with a woman and anal with a dude? I don't know. I've heard this difference between uh, anal and vaginal. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a difference between that. Because even I can say that. <laughs> I assume receptive anal is different since women don't have prostates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely say uh, vaginal this anal is, is the different. the best Star Trek podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly the most informative one. Yeah, you learn all kind of shit you don't want to learn. <laughs> Let me tell you the best way to douche. <laughs> I can get a turkey baster full of soapy water. That's why I do it. And you swallow it. And by the time <laughs> it clears out your tract, right. you're clean. So where does dating your best friend's uh, sister go get into this? That just makes you a douche. 
crap. I got silver back. douche. Wait, have I done this? Have I? Have I? Anybody on here? Have I, have I dated your sister? No. Well, okay. my sister's getting ready to get with her third husband, so like, you know, she's been a little bit I've, busy. I've sent your sister email in college. My sister hey, didn't go to college from the nineties. Never. No, no, okay, never. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh mercy! All right, so no, oh, I I love how oh I just love how uh, they just took a misunderstanding how uh, Power Rangers in Space took a misunderstanding plot from Mega Ranger and just turned it into Zane is a huge douche. It's really the best adaptation of that plot line. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Star Trek, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Hypothetically, conceptually, artistically, ironically, <laughs> <laughs> emphatically, phallically, gloriously, punctually. Oh, yeah, well, that's a lie. Yeah. Perhaps this week the episode will come out on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how long you take editing it. I mean, I can get the show edited in five minutes if I want to. But it takes a long time for the cow to upload it. Yes, mm. that does. On an average week, it takes about 45 minutes to upload the show. Holy shit, really? Residential DSL. Oh, 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 oh. I thought Out. we were on satellite for some reason. Oh, no, if I was on satellite, this wouldn't work at all because there would be too much latency to do Skype. Ah. Uh, yeah. Or so I'm yeah. told. I never tried satellite internet. But it makes sense, considering. Yeah. Uh, so this week, our episode is Devil's Due. Uh, not to be confused with the comic book publisher. Ugh. So this episode is a sequel to uh, The Magic of Megas 2, right? From Animated? Uh, probably, you know, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because, I, you know, after watching the uh, animated series, a part of me was a little annoyed they didn't bring up, oh, well, Starfleet's encountered things like this before. <laughs> yeah, all they do is mention Q. Yeah, which was, well, I understand why, but eh. <laughs> But also, like, how quickly they also discard the idea of, like, no, nah, that's bullshit. Moving on. <laughs> We're just mentioning it so the audience knows it's not Q. We've right. considered that possibility. Right, this right. This is a different plot. And a very good one. It's a very, it's very cute. It's a lot cuter than I remember it being. It's an I've, interesting way to describe a, a courtroom episode. Yeah, well, it, it's it's the it's okay. There's a lot of data cuteness because Data's adorable, and the villainess is is adorable, and even the way she treats Picard is kind of adorable because even the Picard's is fierce. Well, yeah, she's fucking fierce, but she, she's also I like the way she treats everybody. It's, it's just adorable. It's a very enjoyable episode. Uh, not, not particularly deep, but but I liked it. I mean, there's, you know, potential depth to Plum, mostly like, you know, in the concept of some of the things they introduce offhandedly and then never explore ever again. Well, like the, her herself? No. I mean. No. Yeah. Well, there's, like, I, I guess you could, like, go a whole, like, religious belief route on this. If you oh, no, not to. even that. No? No. Like what? Well, well, when we get there, I'll derail okay. the show with it. Sounds good. Yeah. Normal operating procedure, you know. Okay, Scott, <laughs> you do this episode because your interpretation of this is interesting so far. Let's see where this goes. 
And plus, I've oh. got a headache and can't be bothered. Well, that too. <laughs> and I can never be bothered. Uh, fuck. All right. Listen, and I don't want sit- me to be bothered. I'm, I'm I want to sit here and play with toys, damn it. So, before Scott starts, I like this episode starts with Data in the holodeck encountering a ghost. And I'm just sitting here wondering... Is the holodeck m- malfunctioning again? <laughs> I- is this like some dead crew member that's got trapped in the Matrix trying to reach out for help? I fell into the plasma stream. Ooh. It's an accumulation no, it's just... of all the authentic Riker holosemen. No. Ectoplasm. He is painted white. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your mama's face. The computer constituted out of just whatever spare matter it had lying around, and well... Reconstituted Riker hollow semen. (laughs) Gallons of concentrate. (laughs) The range of the ship has decreased because they had to store it in one of the deuterium tanks. (laughs) No, they're stored in little cans in the freezer. (laughs) Like soda cans? Like like, like frozen orange juice. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, it's from concentrate. Yeah, that's what he said. Aren't you listening? Frozen semen. It sort of slides out of the can. You have to have water to it. Okay, you you pushed far enough where you went, just just enough. Okay, you you, you went over the line. I mean, meaning you get a reaction out of them because normally I don't give a shit. But you you, you pushed it, you pushed it, <laughs> pushed it, to it finally went over the line. So I appreciate that. You know, if you're really bold, you could take the the concentrated frozen semen and just slowly sit on it and just let it slide on up. <laughs> let the natural natural human body warm. Natural. Yeah, you heard yes. me. <laughs> the perfect we in, word. I, 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 I thought we were encouraged to drink on this show. <laughs> Is that no longer the case? Because I can go sober up if you need me to. We don't have that kind of time, Scott. All right. Yeah, I'm Irish. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, it does open up on <laughs> on Brent Spiner, not Data. This is Brent Spiner playing Ebenezer Scrooge on a holodeck. Talking to the, I guess, uh, Bob Marley or whatever that ghost's name was. His old the business ghost of reggae yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing gonna be alright. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But I do like this because it starts with the whole uh, thing of Ebenezer Scrooge being a skeptic. Who's like, I don't even care if I'm seeing an apparition. You know, I'm a man of science. You could just be indigestion, a bit of cheese or something, which I always liked those lines. I it was a and I'm of... going to cower anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, he's still scared. It just doesn't mean it's real. You mean scared of things that's not real. Well, he's scared of the cheese. Like, oh, God, I'm intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, gluten. Um... <laughs> that is such a Californian thing to say, Scott. Yeah, I know. Dude, I hear it every fucking day. And hella. I'm hella gluten intolerant. Uh. I just want to see a reimagining of the Christmas Carol now uh, with one of the ghosts being Bob Marley. (laughs) Like the ghost of Bob Marley, literally. Yeah. Yeah. He appears in this giant puff of smoke. (laughs) You should respond to those people, Scott, by saying biscuits, (laughs) y'all. And watch them explode. Right. Biscuits and gravy and strickaline. <laughs> Waffle House. Lead paint chips. <laughs> I call them sill candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now what freaked me out about this opening is, yes, Data's like he starts cowering in front of the ghost. And then suddenly there's Captain Picard in a chair with a book. I'm like, oh, bravo. I'm like, wait, he he's making a condescending Data- prick. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's like making Data like perform tricks for him now. I mean, yes. what the hell's going on? I'm still not quite sure. Even having seen the episode, it's like, okay, so he's quote acting. Data's quote acting, and Picard's there to judge him. Uh huh. Okay. Because you know, why would Picard know how to act? Now, my only debate here is whether he brought the book along so he could follow along with Data performing the scene, or if he brought the book along because Data's been doing this for hours and he's getting bored. <laughs> So Data professes himself to follow the to be a method actor, following the method. Methadone. And they have to get the classic. Oh, why did you pick such an old-fashioned acting technique? Because <laughs> we're in the future, you see. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. It's just kind of a little, little, little hammy, little hammy. I always, always feel a little cringy when they do stuff like that. That'd be, I don't know. Oh, you're driving an automobile. You know, like every episode of Voyager where Paris flashes back to the nineties. Yeah. I know. Or talks about cars or something. It's like, look, all your fucking culture comes from 20th century. Don't act like it's some mystical thing. Well, the reason why is because Earth culture <clears throat> stopped in the 21st century for them. Well, I, know, I, I mean, I know that. And I think it also may be true in real life. But whatever. That's a conversation for a different day. So, Picard... No, when? There's no tomorrow, Scott. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore, there isn't. Um, so Data and Picard are walking down the corridors and they're having, you know, kind of a philosophical question about humanity as they are want to do. And uh, Data's like, look, I'm not really feeling these emotions. I'm just acting like I do. He's like, well, that's kind of the point. I mean, if you put yourself in another character's shoes who's experiencing this, it might help you understand what they're actually going through, even if you don't feel it yourself. Is somebody has a cat, cat problem. Like, yeah, he was fucking yelling. He's like scratching at the door like, motherfucker, let me in. And I was like, motherfucker, let me out. All right, so... <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, their, their lovely conversation being interrupted. Riker blips down to the captain and goes, oh, you need to get your bald ass up here and check this shit out. The screen is staticky or something. We can't fix it. Yeah. Can you bang on the side of the like the view window viewport? All right. All right. So, someone get up on get up and adjust the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> So Shouldn't they do that. And this job? old guy sh shows up wearing like this prototype next generation uniform they had the leftover in the closet. He's like a phase two uniform or something. Yeah. <laughs> From like 77. Ah, uh, Vintax 2, the most Star Trek y planet name ever. <sighs> I mean, really. All right, so, like, so yeah, it comes in all static, and there's some scientist guy, and Picard immediately goes, Worf, fix the picture. <laughs> and Worf's like, motherfucker, it's not my fault. It's coming from their end. <laughs> I have to do everything. It's not my fault they're transmitting on VHF. <laughs> UHF. Where now? Anybody? Yeah. I think it's just Worf should have replied, what, you think? I should try to fix it? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Captain, what a good idea. I can see why you're the leader here. <laughs> Asshole. Um, all right, so this gar between the garbled missions, oh shit, we're we're Federation scientists on this planet that has agrarian society, and they're normally friendly, but everything's gone fucking monkey shit crazy. Come save us! Everyone thinks the world's going to end tomorrow. That's mighty inconvenient. Well, only if That's you look on the, the world. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why it's just inconvenient and not a tragedy. I've seen it, so yeah. The tragedy yeah. is when the feeling's gone and you can't go on. 
boy. Do we need to pause for like a musical number? Only if you can sing that high. Uh, used to. All right. So Marta Dubois. Dubois? Dubois. If you insist. <laughs> Careful, they'll put you on a list for that. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> well, if you're off. Say I did. Due to content restrictions beyond our control, we are unable to bring you the remainder of this sentence. We apologize for any inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, in the FBI paddy wagon. All right. So the Enterprise apparently not having anything better to do, just fucks off to Vintax 2 uh, to help these whiny-ass scientists. Oh, the society's collapsing. Well, they're in danger. They need to go evacuate them. Whiny bitches. All right, so they get in orbit around the planet. The signal's improved considerably. Because uh, they're so closer. Picard, yeah. So instead of Picard going, okay, well, we'll go ahead and beam everybody up. Let's talk while you're still down there in danger. So what's happening? What's going on? How you doing? How's your mom and them? It's like, shouldn't you, like, evacuate them first, then talk to them? And that's when they say, oh, shit, they're getting in. And then Picard goes, oh, fine, now you can beam them up. <laughs> it's too late. Do you see, Data, and acting timing... Is everything. Yeah, so the problem was there was too many people moving around there to only pick out the Federation personnel. Well, you know, you've got cargo bays, you've got security with phasers, just beam everybody up and stun the uncooperative ones, and then right. send if them only, back. Yeah, if only you had a crew of a thousand that could outnumber <laughs> the three or four dudes you'd get. Like, you know? like, okay, so like the cargo bays and shuttle bays have catwalks in them. You could, you know, station your guys up there, oh, the out of reach. Just, you know, start shooting from the balcony. See, now this is why I want to play D&D or something with UXP. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the kind of planning and shit that I'm used to dealing with. <laughs> I say just beam all into space and let Q sort them out. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they only get the lead scientist guy, like Howard Charles Dean Third or whatever his fucking name is. Um, I don't know, he's got the most, like, old white man name ever. That's because he's the most old white man ever. <laughs> I think his name was Clark Howard. There you you can probably see his liver spots through this uniform. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uniform started as being pure white. Just aged with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't joke about what happens to old people's old white clothes. <laughs> oh, dear. Close, a little close to home, huh? Tobacco yellow. Mmm, yummy. And not from smoking. Right. It's like drinking vegetable oil. No, no, All right. So, so leave the, so the can out of this. <laughs> I'll leave this out of can. So, uh, that too. So Dr. Dr. Howard. No, accept the oil. That needs to go in him. It, right, but what I mean, road does it take to get there, Fort Max? <laughs> yes, go on, details. <laughs> details, girlfriend, details. <laughs> No? Okay. Uh, so, Dr. Clark is the only one apparently they fucking saved. So, he goes, uh, he, he, the next scene, he's just in Picard's ready room, and they're sharing a cup of tea as all of his other, like, scientist buddies are being slaughtered by an angry mob. We're gonna need another Timmy. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, well, that sucks. Yeah, I guess I'll need more scientists. <laughs> <laughs> he's totally unconcerned about what's going on on the planet. 
So, uh, Dr. Exposition. Well, he's out. Yeah, so he's that's out. all that matters. <laughs> so, uh, so, PhD Exposition starts explaining, oh, well, it was a planet that was very advanced a thousand years ago, uh, but they had, they're on the verge of collapse. And then something happened, and they switch over to an agrarian society. So they're all peaceful, but you know they're they're still technologically advanced. They're just you know simple idyllic people. I think he until, says like, like you know they had like okay, so the Klingons made first contact with them, and since then right. technology has been available to them, and they just don't take advantage of it. Right, right. So the Klingons actually are mentioned multiple times in this episode, which gets very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so then he brings up the legend of Ardra. Which everyone started talking about like a year ago or whatever, and then everyone's all freaking out. So he knows like the president of the planet apparently, uh, and even he started all freaking out. All he could ever talk about was, "Oh, Ardra's coming! Ardra's coming!" Yeah, yeah, you said that last week. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Ardra's sitting there smoking a cigarette and goes, "I only only come once every thousand years." So Picard asks the salient question of, "Who the fuck is Ardra?" It's like this guy's like, "I don't know, the devil." She's the devil. Woo, get the book there. She's the devil. She's a whole cool woman in a black dress. What is that noise? Somebody's typing like crazy. I don't know why. No, that's David going through a bag of chips on the side of the room. That's a bag of chips? It's uh, sun chips. Oh, motherfucker. He's eating sun chips in the same room. Someone's recording something. What an (laughs) asshole. Yeah, that sounds about right. You, You hear that? Is Ben home? Nope, he's on the road. Yeah, so see, David has to, like, take up for Ben. Yeah. Make sure the asshole quotient in the house is met. Right, that's <laughs> the only thing keeping the ceiling up. Because otherwise there'd be a 30% deficiency in asshole. Nobody By wants vo- a deficient asshole. By volume. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to touch that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so apparently all of uh, Buddy C. Cole's buddies are down on the planet. <laughs> I don't know if I forgot his fucking name already. Uh, or they're being held hostage. Now, they're being held hostage by an angry mob that think the world's about to end. What are they hoping to gain? When you hold somebody hostage, you want to trade for something, or you want some sort of leverage. What, what are they looking for? Maybe and they think... somehow they're not still not able to beam them up. Exactly. I think they just stopped looking. <laughs> just stop caring. I mean, like, okay, so you could presume that they're holding them hostage <laughs> to trade them for Federation help, or, like, you know, evacuation by the Federation so they don't die when their world ends or whatever. But they never really touch on that aspect of it. Like, yeah, no motivations given to the mob holding the Federation people hostage. Right. It's clearly a writing convenience just to add some tension. Because there's kind of no real reason for it, except for a reason for Picard to be involved. Look, so, we had to have a lot of... Like, okay, bye. Look, we needed a lot of time in the episode for Ardra to be Ardra. Mm-hmm. We had to let some stuff go in service of that. And strangely, there's still not enough. All right. So uh, they get a call from down on the planet. Uh, Picard and Captain Exposition walks out. And he know he's old because his waistband is up near his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so president of the planet <coughs> coughs in right in our ears. And then, no, okay. Uh, so basically, he just goes on to more exposition. Oh, Ardra's hour of return has here, and fear has overwhelmed our people, and what was And us? cats and dogs are living together. Mass hysteria. Scientists are like, tell them about the Twinkie. I was about to say, this like, 
a really bad slow lead up for this episode. Yeah, there's just yeah, the exposition's a bit bold. I mean, something. the episode doesn't really come alive until Ardra shows up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. They just need to have Ardra show up <laughs> earlier so we could have more Ardra being Ardra. Yeah, basically, they should have written it so that she showed up right after the cold open. Yeah, that bitches. Um, or actually, she should have sh- showed up right at the end of the cold open. Yeah, yeah, that would work. So. President of the planet is like, oh, she's coming back, and all the things have been foretold. There's been earthquakes, and she's appeared in front of people, and and locusts and frogs and firstborn children having their foreskins chopped off. I don't know. Ow. Yeah. No matter how old they are, by the way. Right. Yeah. Even the girls somehow. <laughs> well, it's not planet. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. I could go through it. That. That's a different planet in space. Y- yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so president's all freaked out and everything. So in the ready room, in the conference room, uh, Troy is giving us even more exposition of, yes, this is bad because people are scared and are even considering suicide. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> the data. Yeah. Then Data's like, yeah, she's she's a real thing that people talk about. You know, I, I looked at, I picked up a history book, and yeah, it's in there. <sighs> Are you okay. doing a Rick and Morty bit? I, I I'm starting to feel like it. <laughs> I wish, I, dude, I wish I were. <laughs> Morty, Morty. <laughs> I can't, I can't do the voices. You could burp, can't you? Uh, not with what I'm currently drinking, unfortunately. So Picard's only real concern is we just need to find someone to get the hostages out of here. Yeah, out of there. That's all I'm really caring to do. Well, like, no, but that's that's correct because it's otherwise an internal matter to that planet. They're only look, Satan's your problem, Why not mine. Why can't they get the hostages out? I, what do they have O'Brien for? Potatoes. I mean, they they really don't ever say they why they can't just beam them out somewhere. I mean, they 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 really don't. Prime directive. Anything. Sure. So Picard's like, oh, fuck it. I'll go down there by myself and take care of this like a daddy will. And then Worf goes, that's that's not a good idea. You can't go down to a planet that's tearing itself apart. That's stupid. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'll take you and Data. Oh, okay. There's three of us against the planet. Great idea. <laughs> right, but why, why didn't I, Worf? Why didn't I think of that? But he also wants Troy to go down, too, in case, you know, they, they need to sacrifice one of themselves to get back up to the ship. <laughs> Here, take the woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we get a beautiful matte painting with the uh you know the the the, the bridges and everything and the on fire. yeah it, it's kind of cool looking but man what is with every single planet being pyramids are like pyramids the thing in the galaxy apparently they're stable hmm? they're stable you don't need to be if you have like high-tech technology you don't need that they shit. don't though that's the whole point they say flat out they've had access to advanced technology, and they don't take any of it. Well, no, my point is that other planets that are high-tech still use pyramids. The Klingons use fucking pyramids. All the other rando planets we go to, it's all fucking pyramids. All okay, the way, think all about the, way the Klingons for a minute. They have one outfit. They have two <laughs> ships. These are not people that innovate aesthetically. You know, they find one thing that works, and they just keep making that for centuries. That's hard to argue with. <laughs> yes, because it's uh, correct. 
<laughs> well, I guess I am technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Damn straight. Uh, uh, all right, so we beam down into somebody's foyer uh, where uh, Captain President is there with his peoples. So he immediately says, uh, I didn't give you permission to beam down to my planet. What the fuck are you doing here? It's more, like, oh. it's more like you shouldn't have beamed down. Now you'll be killed too. Yeah. And Bogart's like, oh, don't worry about it. We're here to reassure your entire planet that everything's fine. Just give me a microphone or something. I'll talk to them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or where, where's the PA system? Yeah. Uh, attention, idiots of this planet. There is no Audra. Good day. <laughs> what the hell is he expecting to do? <clears throat> Obviously, he's going to convince these savages with rational science. Right. As he attempts oh, to do with Prime Minister Jared. Prime Minister mention, fake like, Paul Reiser. Now, you do realize I do have a British accent, right? They'll listen to me. I mean, it's kind of bad when you're like a bad copy of a Paul Reiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, at that point, like... at that point, you have to just sit and realize <clears throat> all my aspirations in life have failed. Who was just a bad copy of, uh, of, of uh, oh, God, Gutenberg, the other Police Academy movies? Steve Gutenberg? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the guy that wrote the Bible. <laughs> right, right. He nailed it to, like, church doors or something. Now, I thought Gutenberg's the one who went on that ship around to Galapagos Islands and proved evolution or something. That was Columbus. <laughs> no, no, no. Columbus is the guy who went around the entire planet on his own. Now, that was Amelia time. Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can just do this so all day. She's the one that helped Zephyr Cochran build the Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. No, that was Magellan. <laughs> all that right. was the best Animaniacs so, bit. <laughs> all right, so everyone's to the men right over there. We're, uh, we're watching the guys try to uh, rationalize this out, and suddenly, whoosh! Queen! Yes. Yeah, Where have queen. been all episode? I like how apparently her her teleportation effect is tuned so that it makes a loud sound in the room she's going to arrive in for like thirty seconds before she appears, just to get everybody ready to you know greet her. <laughs> and Ladies now, and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, <laughs> Ardra. Get on up! Get on up! <laughs> <laughs> like Rip Taylor comes out throwing confetti everywhere first. <laughs> Here she comes. <laughs> All right, so she stands there with the most shitting. Her theme music starts playing. Right. <laughs> so she shows up in in the most wicked badass dress. Okay, so I, yeah, I don't. This dress actually looks up. good for next generation fashion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I gotta say uh, that uh, my wife watched this with me. She was utterly impressed by every single one of her outfits. She was like, these are the best outfits in Star Trek. <laughs> Except for her earrings, which are really stupid in this scene. Yeah, they go all the way down to like her shoulders. Yeah. <clears throat> so she appears... I'll so about she, her collarbone. <laughs> so is she supposed to be a member of this species, or is she supposed to be alien-looking? Because she's got kind of a face thing going on. Yeah, I mean, she's not this species because <clears throat> they don't have face ridges or anything. So like... Right, they're just, they're just humans. With, you know, troll marks or something. Do they? I didn't even notice, like, any difference on these people at all. Don't they have... They're on their butts. Oh, okay. Hmm? The, uh, the troll marks are on their butts. Yeah. 
<laughs> like a ring around their anus. It's concentric circles. <laughs> so it's like a bullseye, right, for their butthole. Well, it's like when you cut open a tree. Yeah. You can see how fat they are by how many rings they have. <laughs> <laughs> These people, so the Matrushka people, there's like little people inside them. No, they're just fat. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, she immediately ends, and first words out of her mouth, I'm disappointed. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah like the one gay crewman in the back is like I'm not disappointed at all this is the best day ever <laughs> oh my god so fiercely taking down notes and sketching the dress <laughs> <laughs> alright so she shows up and it seems very pleasant and oh who said anything about punishing you I just want you to give me everything as per our contract and President Poopy Face just like shits his pants <clears throat> All right, so she starts monologuing about how, oh, yeah, stop cowering. I'm not that scary. I'm just going to take everything and tries to be, you know, kind of pleasant. But she looks at Picard and goes, oh, ho, someone with a spine. I wonder what I else like on you is long. Like I like my coffee. Forceful. I wonder what else on you is long and straight. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You know what they say about noses? All right. So she stands back over and, and teleports or blips in some, some cool-looking uh, Lucite scrolls. And one of the things she asks for is like, okay, I want a full rundown of all your goods and, and, and valuables and economic projections. Okay. Business fish. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you want, you want like bitcoins? What are you, what are you after? You know, so all economic I projections. Every economy yeah, but, on the planet. Picard is immediately unimpressed by this and is like, this line must be drawn here. No further. <laughs> then he breaks his little ships. And he breaks his little ships over her head now. Uh, yeah, he's just basically like, oh, you're full of shit. I know you're full of shit. I can smell the shit on you from when you teleported in. And then Troy's like, but you scared everybody. Sorry, I guess. <laughs> Data's like, so you really are claiming to be the ancient being known as Ardra. And she's like, oh, I have many names. And then she does the whole rigmarole of, I'm Feckler. To which Worf gets all pissed. It's like, oh, no, you are not Feckler. And then she is. Then, yes. <laughs> I think Feckler has a cold. I think Feckler was in the Masters of the Universe movie. Right. <laughs> 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 Before or after this episode, I wonder. What year was that? Oh. Yeah. But here in Vintex 2, I'm called Ardra. And she claims to be the same one that was here a thousand years ago that said, oh, well, your civilization sucks. If uh, if you promise in a thousand years to give me everything and be servants to me, and you'll have a thousand years of peace and prosperity. Uh, and that includes everything that's on the planet and orbit and everything else. Well, okay. Later. okay, real talk. Which one of us wouldn't agree to that agreement right now here for Earth? Yeah, well, you know, okay. All right, well, I'm going to pause on this real quick. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> one thing I do like about it, so they go into it a little later. And I may talk about it then. But, yeah, the parallels between current Earth and where, the, where Vintex 2 was a thousand years ago, it's a little on the nose. Star Trek they does go, that like, a lot. They, they go into detail. I mean, well, again, this is beautiful because it is a um, – uh, you know, looking at, at, at modern culture, it's an allegory, you know, which is good. 
so uh, the characters walk over to the set next door, uh, <laughs> which they dim the lights on a little bit and put in some candles in the same room. And uh, we're looking at now we're looking at the ancient scrolls to which Picard goes, I ain't reading that shit. Data, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is tedious and boring. You do it. And there's a lot of it. Yeah. I like how these are Give thousand me a report by scrolls. morning. <laughs> these are thousand-year-old scrolls, and Park just reaches down and grabs them with his fingers. Yeah. Right, right. Like, no gloves or anything. Let's get my oils all over these. <laughs> Oily Frenchman. <laughs> Still got croissant oil on there from breakfast. <laughs> don't You don't want to borrow one of his pads, by the way. Just slip right out of your hand. The slight residue of cheese. That's why he keeps uh, throwing them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get all smearing like rainbowy on the on the on the front plastic part. <laughs> all right, so yeah, Picard's like, "Oh, you're full of shit," and I'll prove it using these scrolls. <laughs> Best episode ever. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, "Oh yeah, you need to release the hostages too. This is all your fault." And the president guy's like, "Uh, yeah, they're hostages," and she's like. Well, release them, dumbass. I don't want hostages. <laughs> what? I like You're holding my cat. property hostage. So uh, what I like was the fact that, okay, I like this because in my mind, she was like, hostages? No, 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 no. I just want Picard and these assholes to leave so I can have my planet. I don't want any interference or any trouble. She's a con artist. So she wants this to be quick and easy. She's like, yeah, raise the hostages. Get them the fuck out of here. I just want my coin. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting. This, like, on one hand, it makes her look magnanimous. On the other hand, it's like it's clearly a ploy to get Picard to leave. Well, no, it's a ploy to get everybody else to leave. She wants Picard to stay. Well, maybe just Picard. Right. That's what I'm saying. She wants Picard yeah. specifically to stay. Yeah. So she says, release them. President dude wanders off, and somehow he has the ability to tell people to release hostages, I guess. And Why did Picard, he do that an hour ago? Half a second <laughs> half a second later, Picard's like, oh, Dr. Clark, the hostage are released. And Clark's like, yep, they're up here. Great, thanks. Wait, wait, what? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Were they being held hostage on the Enterprise? <laughs> I like Troy's posture without all this footage on the planet because she's just sort of holding her arms straight down to her side like she's just so depressed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. the whole planet smells like a farm. There's, you know, no technology, nothing's any fun. Everybody's depressed. It's kind of getting to her. It's not a good Troy day. It's all humid, or my hair's all fluffy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apparently that was easy. So then again, Brocard is like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we're all beaming up to the safety of the ship while this planet tears itself apart." Data, you stay behind <laughs> by yourself and just kind of do everything. I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> And I think at one point he does actually do that. It's like it's like in the evening. It's like okay, well, you know, it's it's time to go to bed. And he's like, "Here, Data, you do this. I'll, I'll get a report from you first thing in the morning." And Data's like, "Okay." It's like, man, you're really taking advantage of the fact that the fucker doesn't sleep. <laughs> and well, if I were Data, you? well, I mean, I would take advantage of Data because he doesn't sleep, but in different ways. <laughs> uh, Data, do you sleep on your stomach? <laughs> All right, so we come back up to the meeting room, and and uh, I guess for a little bit of fan coherence, Riker's like, "So is this a cue?" 
GPQ. And yeah, Picard's like, no, Q doesn't do contracts or paperwork. Besides, Q wouldn't be able to stop himself from just like giggling to death when he saw Picard on the planet. Right. Also true. Although, although we do get Picard saying a flim flam artist. <laughs> flim flam. A charade, a clever ruse. <laughs> uh, so, like, he points over to Worf. Worf goes, Now, think about it, Worf, for a fucking second. Can you think for just a second, Worf? Worf, just stop eating the chair and think for just a second. What like, chair? I, I get, he doesn't sir, have a chair to eat. <laughs> sir, I, I hear you. I, I understand. I'm just, you know, what, what are your thoughts? So, they, they quickly surmise, like, Look, she's not doing anything that magical. It's all shit they have in technology they use every fucking day. Yes, and this is where they establish in Star Trek that you can cause an earthquake on a planet with a tractor beam. That's alarming. <laughs> it kind well, of makes sense, though, when you stop and think about it, because like, all tractor beam is is a device to move large, heavy objects in space. So, you know, have one push against the planet. Yeah, it's going to shake the plates a little bit. Yeah, and if you do it right, like right at a tectonic junction or something like that. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, normally, because they've used, like, phaser beams and stuff to do geological things before. So a, a big wide area beam, tractor beam, I guess, might do it. I don't know. Tectonic junction, what's your function? <laughs> Induction or subduction? <laughs> yeah, geology jokes, motherfuckers. <sighs> they rock. God damn it, get out. <laughs> oh, we are the best, worst, best podcast. <laughs> oh. As long as you guys never take me for granted. All right, anyway. Damn it, Paladin. <laughs> so they determine it's like, okay, well, she has all these, quote, powers and is using technology to do them. She has to have some sort of power source. So she's got to be drawing this stuff some from somewhere. So they don't. So Picard's like, okay, we'll scan for any ships in the area, anywhere in the entire system. Look for a base. Look for anything that she's getting her power from. Which is like, okay, great. And I have a little bit of an issue with this, but kind of spoiler for the rest of the episode. So he gives Jordy the task of, okay, figuring out how she does this, how she's causing earthquakes, where is she coming from. So, well, good. Good meeting. Good meeting. I can't wait to sit in my chair. Man, I, I should do love my captain's chair. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> You've got bitch all over my chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it is to get glitter off these things? Uh, so, Archer is sitting there eating Krispy Kreme. Are <laughs> <laughs> you like crackers? There's getting crumbs everywhere. No, no. We're going to make the reader repulsive thing from the start of the show. I, I, I know. I know. I, I was trying to expand on that, but it didn't really work. All right. So, did you finally just, watch the movie? No. I've been too busy. Why not? Doing, I've been too busy doing popular kid things like playing sports ball and having sex with cheerleaders, and I don't know, man. Well, oh, man, ends. This. All right. So, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to. So, settle the fuck down. Stop screaming at me. No. <laughs> So, uh, I like her shoes. Her shoes are cool. Her whole wardrobe, man. is fucking rad. It's totally fucking rad. Maybe you put this in Star Trek Online. Ah, oh, shit, yeah. Yes, make an Ardra player class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get a ship, you get an Ardra. <laughs> <laughs> 
And all the missions revolve around going convincing backward planets that you're a deity. Yeah. God, that doesn't like fun, though. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can't tell me that would not be fun. You know aliens do that to us right now. Every UFO sighting is just some, like, teenager alien buzzing the planet for shit and giggles. <laughs> all right, anyway. So we're just sitting in his chair. He goes, oh, what a lovely view of my planet. Come, sit on my face. <laughs> You know, Picard, of course, being not amused, is like, get the fuck out of my chair, I'll have you move by force. Okay, Picard sounds fun. Picard never hit me. <laughs> so, well, like, of uh, course he, not. He has Worf for that. Yeah, yeah so he sends like, Worf to go and remove her from his chair. <laughs> I know Worf, like, violence this woman up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, because he said, because Worf was set to do this, force field to the face. Yeah. So yeah, she looks at Picard specifically and goes, You do something about it. And he goes, Uh Worf, you do it. <clears throat> so uh uh the doctor is around the bridge there, so she starts scanning Worf to see if he's okay, which has got to be a little insulting if you're Worf. On the other hand, like daily life has to be a little bit insulting if you're Worf. Yeah, well the other thing is like, why isn't the doctor scanning Ardra? Because that's what I first thought when she had her tricorder. I was thinking, oh, well, surely she's scanning Ardra to, like, you know, look for something. I mean, that that would make sense, right? Nope. Too busy making sure Worf isn't, you know, bruised. Yeah, broken like the fragile flower that he is. <laughs> so I do I do. Well, there love was that one Picard, time he had the measles. <laughs> I got poor guard. I love this scene. He's like, Picard just goes, transfer room three. Beam her ass off my ship. So well, she, she wasn't gets... there for that. <laughs> so she gets teleported off the bridge. And then immediately turns around as the ensign on the con and goes, oh, yes, Captain. <laughs> She's sassy. I like her. <laughs> well, Riker is just at this point thinking, okay, how could I possibly swing this so I eventually get to fuck her? <laughs> There's got to be a way. Well, he needs some dollar bills. So That's how typically how you get to have sex with drag queens. <clears throat> yeah. He needs to be and, balder and more European. Damn it, we don't have currency. No. <laughs> so, uh, so Lieutenant Commander Asperger's comes onto the bridge. He's like, "Nope, I've read everything. I've compared everything. I've done my analysis, and nope, everything's airtight. There's no possible loopholes. Yep, I'm totally siding with Ardra on this." Thanks, Data. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Well, thanks for leaving me on the planet. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I had to build a shuttle to get back up here. I had to kill 37 natives. <laughs> I made a sail out of their skin. <laughs> I made a space boat like Cisco. <laughs> I think I had my sextant with me, otherwise I never would have made it. <laughs> Is this sextant his dick? Yes. <laughs> He's, extremely, talk about He's extremely functional. <laughs> a little too functional, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Tasha did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piston noises. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, I still, I like how he just had that uh, hologram of uh, <laughs> of her uh, when uh, he was thought to be that they found when clearing out his desk when he was thought to be dead. He has carefully stashed pornography. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I was ready to do a little switch on the bottom and just make her naked. It's like a little novelty item. Chisel hula dance. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fan dance like Uhura. And if you put a special code in it, she, it goes, it she goes was not nearly mode. old enough to do a luring fan dance. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure Nichelle Nichols is still more attractive than uh, Denise Crosby. That's my that's my hot take. All right, whatever. So Ardra's like, oh, okay, your android's right. Data goes, yeah, it's airtight. We're fucked. Ardra goes, okay, thanks. Bye. And then teleports away, leaving uh, the ensign back into his chair. Well, no, you're leaving out one important part. That's that. Well, oh, yeah, that uh, Data was like, Oh yeah, it can be interpreted that anything in orbit around the planet is also her property. Which yeah, because she gets real course... excited when she realizes Data's an android. Yeah. Which the fact she didn't know that immediately should have been a tip off, also. But you know, we'll set that aside. <laughs> and then yeah, she yeah, goes on about how boy, that's a great bonus to have with my new ship. Right, right. And then we go into the whole on the land, in the sky, or in orbit. To which I think Picard should have said should have gone and sucked in her breath and held up his finger and said, excuse me, why would God need a starship? Her response would be, I'm not God, I'm Satan. I just want it so you can't have it. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just going to toss it into the sun for fun. I mean, <laughs> okay, so like, if I was Picard in this position right now and her trying to claim the ship, I would be ordering it out of orbit into warp. It doesn't really matter what direction, just, you know, take it away and be like, okay, what are you going to do now? Like he yeah, already doesn't, he already doesn't believe she's what she says she is, so you know, call her bluff. Yeah, what if I were to move it over here? Ah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. So we got into Picard's ready room, and he's sitting there uh, reading intently. Apparently, uh, apparently it's late in the evening. He's having his evening Earl Grey. <laughs> and as uh, Data comes in, and. Uh, Okay, so now Picard starts telling him what the wise men used to say. There's a sucker born every minute. Barnum, sir. P.T. To which finally, 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 after years in space with this asshole, Picard finally gives him the, hey, you got it right, point. <laughs> hey, fucker, you, you were actually useful for once. <laughs> also, Miravosa is Spanish for butterfly. Damn it, God Data. Damn it, just <laughs> That doesn't that seem to be relevant. relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Data, you know, th this positive reinforcement he just got from Picard, every conversation is going to be like, oh, like P.T. Barnum. No, Data, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> they were once, and I won't ever let it go. I've encountered <laughs> 1,700 alien species in my time in Starfleet. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh Do you think Archer is a con artist? And and in data and Picard, like he's like being, making some bold statement. Is like, yes, yes, I do. I think there might be a chance she's not actually a you know a deity and magical. To which data is just like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's there are words written in thousand year old scrolls. <laughs> like, and I get, to me, it's kind of like I'm surprised Picard just didn't give him a look. Like, are you are you fucking with me right now? You're an android. You don't even have a soul. <laughs> But no, yes. That's why it's not a problem for him. <laughs> right. Good point. I, I guess. You could also interpret it as like data is allowing for the possibility, well, maybe this is some kind of, you know, extremely long lived life form with powers beyond, you know, most intelligent life they've encountered before. 
But they've like, met a aspects of this could be true, even if not the like magic part as such. I don't know. To me, Data seemed very gullible or too accepting of this whole premise. I think it would be more like Data does not want to rule out a possibility without, you know, some evidence to support moving on to the next hypothesis. Well, the thing is, though, you can't. It's like proving a negative, though. I mean, it's not like you don't prove that she isn't something. You have to prove that she is. And circumstantial evidence of her knowing these ancient texts like anybody else would is not exactly conclusive evidence. Plus, they've already determined like all of her powers are just technology. Well, they conclusive evidence for the idiots on the planet. They theorized that her powers are technology. They haven't proved it yet. Yeah, that's true. That's why they should have taken the ship to warp as soon as she, you know, popped on board. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. Get, bye. Yeah, get her out of get her out of range, whatever power source, and they could have just done whatever they wanted. That that's actually an excellent point. Yeah, take her half a light year away and see what she does. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They should have been sushi was on the ship. Like warp nine now. <laughs> she would have been like, yeah, ah, 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 even not had any powers. That'd have been awesome. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, what did they put like a force field around her, like a dampening field or something? Oh my god. They had the Enterprise's shields up and she still transported through that. So presumably their security fields would not have contained her any better. No, no, no. When did they ever have their shields up? Picard ordered the shields up and then she appeared in the uh, ops position. Mm, The the structure of that sequence is supposed to make it seem like the shields were not effective in containing her or keeping Uh, her out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember seeing the shield bit, but oh well, whatever. All right, so we cut. Uh, now it's the middle of the night because, you know, Data doesn't sleep, so Data, go do all my fucking work while I sleep. <laughs> so Picard apparently is a fan of, of early 90s They Might Be Giants because now he's sleeping in the flowers. So who sleeps with these giant orchids all around their heads? Picard. Picard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who, who sane does this? Does he? I guess he doesn't have allergies. It's the 24th century, I mean... You're questioning yeah. his sanity, and you've seen how short his bathrobe is. Oh, oh yes, I think Although we've that's, all seen that's that. not a question of sanity, that's a question of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that, that short yeah. bathrobe and that big, wide-open chest, that's, that is like supreme confidence in oneself. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. This all man right, has so... absolutely no doubts about his physique. No, nor should he. Uh, oh, yeah, he's so got the he... devil trying to bang him. Yeah. Well, it's not really Diana. There, There is no Diana. There's only Zool. Because in a flash of blue light, her hair teased up to the fucking bolt heads. <laughs> and wearing a shimmery, gossamer, gossamer fuck blanket. I don't know. It's okay. Picard keeps some Thorazine down in his car. <laughs> So she's walking around, and, and and I like to imagine not a bodysuit. This is her uh, turn back time look. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> she's straddling like a battleship gun or something. Uh, so okay, this whole scene is she's trying to seduce Picard, who's having none of it. He tries to leave, the door doesn't work. You know, buck a buck a buck. He's basically just calling her crap to her face. I think I think uh, Picard says, "I'm not attracted to you. You're a slut." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which she goes, oh, but I can be a prim and proper. So she turns into this weird Victorian outfit. Can you see my ankle? Does that turn you on? Yeah. <laughs> according to Picard's thinking, fight it, Picard. Fight it. <laughs> <laughs> Resist. 
<laughs> well, and then that doesn't work, so she decides to take another track, and she turns into Troy. And then Picard just like, Ooh. okay, this shit is getting too weird. I'm out. Yeah, who runs her finger down his hairy, hairy chest. Imagine, like, Maria Sirtis was like, I don't want to do this scene. Do I have to? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. How did two actors work with each other after having to do a scene like that? Uh, all right, whatever. It's like, I could fuck you like only a, a deity could, and you're saying no. And he's like, yeah, I go. I don't, I don't You know, don't he totally could have just called her bluff. You know, gone through with it and been like, you know, head better. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually would have been the best, like, revenge to that, I guess. <laughs> she go, sure, and then go, nah. Well, that may have been the best revenge, but she did pull off the second best revenge. The second best revenge in all of Star Trek. Because I think even, like, Khan, Noonien Singh would be like, oh, that's cold, you know? <laughs> so she teleports him down to the planet in his bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> You never teleported me down to the planet in my bathrobe. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I think the extra in the back is like, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. <laughs> side eye, side eye, don't look. So it makes a very, again, adorable scene where he's like, oh, this is Picard uh, to the Enterprise, beam me up, or, or no, send a shuttlecraft down. Um, oh, no, he and- asked them to beam him up first, and then the transporters just aren't working. Yeah, they weird. They can't walk huh? onto him. Yeah, then, okay, you bring data here the shuttlecraft and, and just change the clothes. Yeah, yeah, and a uniform. A uniform? Of course, data. A <laughs> uniform? Yes, <Pants>. dwarf. <laughs> it's cold down here. <laughs> just, just so everyone knows, it is cold down here. That's I want to make that perfectly clear so everyone can hear it. Jordy, give me your uniform in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, this is in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, Picard was sleeping, which means the Data is right in the middle of doing all the stuff that Picard asked him to. So now Picard's like, get a shuttlecraft and come get me. And, Picard, and Data's like, but you just asked me to do the... Uh, fine. <laughs> I get the feeling that Data is the only crew member that Picard knows the name of. <laughs> so it's the only one he knows how to ask for. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Because, like, he knows Worf's name. Otherwise, he would be able to say, no, Worf. <laughs> now, all he right. doesn't know Riker's name. Right. And so, he said in another episode that he always calls his first officer number one, so he never bothers to learn his first officer's name on any ship he, <laughs> he captains. That's true. That's I, I eventually started calling the woman that lives with me. I just called her wife. How, you know, demeaning. Who's the yeah. woman that lives uh, with you? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's like, it's not demeaning enough to change the lives with me. <laughs> Uh, so we do get this neat scene in the shuttlecraft, a little Type 8 shuttle coming up, uh, where Data says, oh, well, I did find some... Yes. Uh, Data does go, look, I found some sort of loophole. So the only thing in their legal precedent at all is that there was a Klingon craftsman who okay, was building... hold on to that thought for a second. Continue. Sure, sure. Uh, no, no, I, I hear you. Uh, uh, Klingon craftsman, there was a a, a, a labor dispute because he was building a Vintaxian home. And because it was an alien and interfacting with their law, they had to go to special arbitration. <laughs> okay, but the interesting thing here is that they introduced the idea of a Klingon craftsman, a house builder. Sure. A Klingon that just, you know, his his mission in life is to build houses. 
but you know how fucking cool his hammer looks? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hammer made of knives. <laughs> it's a bat left with blunt ends. Yep. <laughs> I've been working on the railroad. <laughs> oh, the live long talk. No, but this is, to me, like, that one throwaway bit just to set up the courtroom scene is one of the really interesting parts of this because it's like, yeah, okay, so, like, we know there's a Klingon restaurateur on Deep Space Nine. You know, there are there's trades in the Klingon Empire. Well, we only course. ever see the soldiers, but, like, right. imagine a Klingon actually, like, doing contract work for an alien and having to, like, take instructions. It's no wonder there was a labor dispute. Well, see, I imagine it's one of those Klingons that left the home world. I don't imagine he's like, he's not a Klingon warrior. He's not in the KDF, that's for sure. He's just some guy who's out wandering the cosmos. Kind of like how Quark, you know, he's not at home. He's out wandering the cosmos doing his own thing. Yeah, it's just like, it's something you don't really think about because of how Klingons are portrayed to us. You don't think of a Klingon that's just like a civilian out living his own life. Civilian, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, every facet of Klingon culture and society we've seen is about, well, I have to live to serve my family and the greater good of the Empire. Right, right. It's kind of hard to reconcile that with, you know what, I'm going to go out and build a house. Right. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. But I mean, it's... It, but you, that's one of the problems with Star Trek is... They I want to see this house. Me too. <laughs> Well, no, see, um, that's probably why this planet is all pyramids, because like that's the Klingon <laughs> design aesthetic. And if, you know, Klingon craftsmen and people have been coming and visiting this planet, of course, you know, that's what the structures they build are going to want to look like. And that's why they had a labor dispute, because the person who contracted them to build the house is like, but I don't want a pyramid. I want a house like Jeff has down the street. It, it took him a hundred years to remove all the red lights and put in LEDs. <laughs> <laughs> Then the Klingons just getting all, uh, you know, like insulted because, like, do you know how long it took me to oxidize all this copper for the outside? <laughs> Get that perfect patina of green. <laughs> do you know how many people's blood I had to soak that in? <laughs> uh, mainly people from Vintex Three. <laughs> Um, no, but I like that. Though. That is one of the failings of Star Trek and why we like world building in Star Trek so much yeah. is because we see this monoculture. We only see the Federation or mm -hmm. the KDF or whatever. But we forget there are trillions and trillions of like, like you said, civilians living their lives doing things. I mean, there are Klingon accountants. There has to be. Someone has to keep track of like money and resources. I'm not that entirely sure. Well, like, okay, so there probably is on some really limited level, uh, just like their sure. their medical sciences, ex it exists right. on a limited level. But mm -hmm. there is that one episode of Deep Space Nine um, where Quark gets married into a Klingon house, and part of the resolution of that is Quark goes through the family's books to prove somebody else is attacking them financially. And that seemed to be a resource the Klingons did not themselves have to determine that was going on. So, like, but, Klingon but accounting they science looks like it's, you know, really, really But they had books, though. Yeah. I'm just so, saying, so, like, so accountants, I was writing the shit down. accountants to the sophistication we think of it is probably not really a thing. But I don't know. there for, is for such a, a thing as, yeah, recording numbers in a book. Yeah, but a warrior culture still needs, you need to keep track of your resources and your weapons and, and your, your ammunition. And your kills, yeah. I mean, just you know, more especially, yeah. I, I I imagine that they had a that uh, they had a lot of people uh, 
working on the number side of things during the Great Trivial Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Except callback. Uh, so, anyway, anyway, <laughs> so David's like, well, that's the only known case involving an alien claimant. So, because Ardra is not from Ventax 2, she's an alien, so we can go into arbitration instead of following the laws. And Picard's like, holy... Well, and these people are... Well, and of course... Uh, yeah, both claimants in this case would be aliens. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit, you're right, Data. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so they start wheeling up to uh, Shuttle Bay 2, or 3. It doesn't uh, matter. They're all just boxes. Yeah, I know. Uh, so they come up, and all of a sudden, the Enterprise just goes, boop, and disappears. <laughs> Man, it is just not Picard's day. Yeah, I mean, it just ceases to be. It's the next Enterprise. Now, if it was me in that shuttle, I would have, you know, slowed down, but still, like, flown to where the Enterprise was and just seen, okay, bunk, you know. Right. Well, you know what? It's still here. We just can't see it. Yeah, yeah, because I imagine I always feel like a cloaking field would be like kind of a bubble around it, kind of like a shield or something. It's not like on the skin of the ship. The Romulan cloaking device was said to work by just bending the light around the ship. So, yeah, it would be it's not like skin tight. It would be like a sphere around it functionally. Right. Yeah. It's something that a Uh, ship should also be able to pass through. Agreed. All right. So. Uh, down on the planet, Data and Jordy are in their little science center there that the Federation scientists were working in. Data says, I can't find the ship anywhere, dude. It is gone. And Picard, again, goes, well, I, I, I don't think it's actually gone anywhere, so keep trying to hail it. Very helpful. <laughs> All right, so Look, now we finally start... hard enough. Yeah, so now we finally get a little progress in this fucking episode. We look at the... I like how their, the readout screen has a Tetris block on it. That big green <laughs> L block. Um, so Jordy's like, oh, there was a jump in Z particles when uh, she uses her powers. Dragon Ball Z particles? I, I guess. I how many know. of them? Uh, over 9,000? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I win a prize. All right, so there's an enterprise. Yeah, I'm gonna. (laughs) Great, you made XV clap. Good for you. You made XV clap, and you got the double groan. (laughs) That's a hat trick right there. (laughs) So there's like, oh, there's Z particles. We couldn't quite pinpoint it, but there's clearly something going on. So in the middle of the conversation, Ardra just zoops into. into uh, existence and guys, oh, I guess you respect me now, don't you? I took my ship. It's mine now. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's in my purse. And then Picard's <laughs> like, I, it's, it's not yours. I, I, don't, I don't believe you. So he calls for arbitration. Arbitrate. Uh, oh, oh, but there is. Okay, you're a fraud. You suck. I know that it wasn't you. Ducka, ducka, ducka. Blah, blah, blah. Your ship is gone. Da, 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 da. <sighs> okay, if you're going to insist on arbitration, we're going to need a judge. Yeah, let's move this forward a little bit, shall we? Yeah. Well, he's like, well, you know, if you're really arduous, you have nothing to lose. And she's like, well, yeah, but I don't have anything to gain either. And he goes, okay, fine. I'll take you, you to treasure. Have... Yeah. 
to like some giant gym or something, which is funny because she means like, ooh, to which also like, why would why would like a, a demon or a deity like care about some material thing? And why I wouldn't mean, she know where it is anyway? Exactly. Right. There, there's too many of that. You know, excuse me. Why would God what would God need with a starship kind of moments in this that they don't follow through with? Uh huh. I have enough jewels. Why do you have jewels? <laughs> what do you do with them? Hard I mean, them so just, other people can't have them. I mean, I get, Look, you, you like sleep to, on them like a dragon. Yeah, you need something to stock your dungeons and caves with, so that the adventurers have something <laughs> to draw them in, so they get killed. <laughs> See again, I want to play D anD D with you now. <laughs> uh, all right, so she gets all in Picard's face, and his nose looks like like it's about to reach out and then slide up hers. Gross. <laughs> and look at that beak. Look at that thing. Okay, so he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, you win, you have me, but we need an arbitrator. Okay, so how about Data? He's fair and impartial. And, and Data's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For, uh, I agree with this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to side I... with you, Captain. You know I will find any chance to screw you first chance <laughs> I get, right? Picard's like, yeah, I know, it's fine. Maybe if you didn't put me on all those overnight jobs. Right. You know, I want free time, too, you know, you dick. <laughs> Look, my cat's been dead for three weeks. I haven't been able to feed it because of you. <laughs> okay, whatever. He's a judge. Okay, we agree. Okay, it's good. All right. You make a fine judge. Okay, good. Whatever. All right, so mercifully, we, we cut right into, the, uh, right into the courtroom. Look, I mean, we won't say the episode doesn't have, like, its up moments and its down moments. We just, you know, have to kind of slide through those down moments to when it gets better like this. Right. Well, I mean, this is also one of those episodes where honestly, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. It's just, it's a little less hard to talk about because there's not a lot of like, yeah, it's less hard to talk about. So, you know, we're doing better than we usually do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's not impossible to talk about. Yeah. All right. So we'll cut in and then, and anyway, I will point out that Mickey agreed to podcasting this episode after he had watched it. So, uh, but, uh, that was way after I'd forgotten what the pacing was actually like. I don't care about the details. The you know the situation is what it is. Yeah, we're 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 over halfway through it now. So <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup. We're almost done. <laughs> All right. So we have uh, President of the Planet explaining how it was a thousand years ago. Yeah, we were technology advanced. We had uh, air and water was polluted industrial industrial uh, waste. There was constant threat of starvation, epidemic. You know, we were on a, a basically a society on the verge. You know, they had all this stuff, but they, they had enough technology to create all these problems enough to, to, to fix it. So Arger is like, well, then what happened? He's like, oh, then you showed up and fixed everything. Because like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, no. Objection. <laughs> so and this is one of the things I don't really understand. Uh, she's like, oh, I guess you want a thousand year old witness. And he's like, he smiles smugly and goes, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Yes, I'd be willing uh, to accept so, someone who can personally identify you from first-hand accounts. Right, that'd be nice. So, president guy, he's like, oh, well, the cities will shake, and the thing will happen, and plagues of frogs, or whatever, I don't know. So, and all those things happened, right? Yep, okay. You know, you probably could make a, like, a shower of frogs with a tractor beam. Oh, yeah, just mm-hmm. go to the ocean, or a swamp, or something, just suck them all up. Yeah, I don't think frogs actually live in the ocean, but yeah, if you go, like, a, you know pond or a lake or something just yeah pick up some frogs you've never you've never heard of sea frogs (laughs) what what 
<laughs> I don't understand. At least Scott's amused with himself. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I try to find some way to worm out of this. Like, no, yeah, sea frogs. Everyone's heard of sea frogs, you bunch of idiots. <laughs> That's gonna be my excuse now. Every time someone like calls me, I'm not knowing what I'm talking about. It's just sea frogs. All right, whatever. Bass. Yeah. All right, now I'm hungry. All right, so yeah, you promised us a thousand years of peace and prosperity, and at the end of the term, uh, we give you everything, including like every we just serve you forever, whatever. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It was you. Whatever. Okay. No further questions. Okay. All right. For the on. purposes of making the scene proceed, <clears throat> we'll just declare that it was you. Oh, right. Right. Pretty much. All right. So now I do like this part where Picard. Uh, he immediately tries to like end this whole thing. Goes, oh, I, I claim that, sh- that she's full of shit and to dismiss it. And <laughs> Taylor's like, no, you haven't even said anything yet. Let's continue. <laughs> you thought you were going to put in like a cheat code or something? Bobblehead mode. <laughs> well, it's not an N64. But what if it was? Well, just smear vastly on your monitor and you can find out. Awesome. Ooh. Yeah, if I do that, I won't so stop So it'd be there, the uh, non-remastered versions? <laughs> yes. All right, so Ardra makes the unusual step of starting to question the other arbitrator, which is kind of weird. Okay, so can you explain any of the things that I'm doing? To which Picard, to me, mysteriously says no. Yeah, why would he do that? Because he doesn't yeah, have I... proof of anything he would suggest, and that's what the next... That's what the next call would be for. Okay, prove what you just said is true. Well, but the thing is, I would go, you know, Picard, one to beam up, and then, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, uh, well, well that like, would he be, could, that'd be fine. All if she asked him to, there. can you explain this? Yes, I can explain this. Can you prove it? No, <laughs> but I can explain it. Well, yeah. I mean, she doesn't do anything. You know, do my thing was like do something that we can't already do with our technology, and that might prove that you're magical. Because Arthur C. Clarke, any technology sufficiently advanced just looks like magic. Whatever. Wasn't Arthur C. Clarke the scientist at the start of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> He's old enough to be him, <laughs> and he died a couple years ago, like ten years ago. Uh, all right, so yeah, Picard, I don't know if this is like part of like his four-dimensional chess he was playing here or something to lower in false security, or he was really just like, no, I have no idea how you could possibly teleport and then move things and, you know, look like something else. But he looks really bummed by it, so I, I don't know if that's part of the plan or not. All right, <clears throat> so, but luckily, every time she uses her powers, Geordi and the science lab can kind of start pinpointing where those Z particles are coming from. He's starting to figure out where this energy source is. So every time she does this, he figures it out. So Z particles got... just sounds like some weird plot device from a... Uh... Star Trek episode? From, well, no, from, <laughs> like, some anime or toku. It sounds like a Gundam thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Yes, because every, well, almost every Gundam series does have its magic particles. Yes. Some far right. more magic than particles are the best. <laughs> well, so they, at they, least they're less stupidly all-powerful than um, GN particles, which can pretty much do everything needed by the plot, mm. no matter how little sense it makes. So, Jordy gets caught in. It is that so... they are the Voyager of Gundam <laughs> particles? Scott, try again. I want to interrupt you this time. 
<laughs> so as I was saying, Jordy. No, you're not. Oh man, <laughs> I was hoping for something better than that. Uh, so Jordy finally gets coordinates on the Z particles. Uh, they're they're coming from geostationary orbit above the north magnetic pole of the planet. So they do the a quick scan there. Pole. Whatever. <laughs> you know, Scott, it's, north and west a, are different things, and especially on this planet, when you can have a compass that points to west directly. If you say so, I don't know if that's like one of the things I say. We're get, we we got to do a deep dive into the. Uh, the geology of Vintex 2. Well, I mean, they say uh, in the so, dialogue, like, it's either the eastern or western magnetic pole. I forget which it is, but it's not a north magnetic pole. Okay, well, I'm going back. I'm I'm backing up the fucking episode because of you. I do that a lot. Like, beginning to align. Okay. Jordy, he finds it. He gets all smiley. Ha <laughs> ha! I have, I have coordinates. coordinates. All right. So which, uh, Arthur C. Clark. <laughs> That's all I can see now. Yeah, put an orbit uh, above the western magnetic pole. There yeah. you go. All right, moving on. Technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Actually, so they do a visual. No, I'm completely correct. <laughs> <laughs> so they do a visual scan. There's nothing there. So okay, that's weird. Gosh, if we've only encountered spaceships that are invisible to to visual scans, hmm. All right, so back down to the courtroom. Now, this is the part that I think gets pretty good. I, I liked this part. This was this was good. So Picard begins walking through what exactly Ardra did to change the society <laughs> for the better. So she snapped her fingers and everything was fine. He's like, well, no, no, it took a long time and very gradually. It's like, oh, well, he she helped the government make good decisions. He's like, no, she just kind of disappeared. Um, Did she council. not even pick up one piece of trash? Yeah. <laughs> Where that still of him flipping off somebody comes from, which I thought was cute. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes to this bit and leads it on to it. It's like, so basically, Archer didn't actually do anything to improve the planet. These people saved themselves because they were so scared of Ardra. They thought it was going to work, so they made it work, which is hilarious. So they were tricked into an idyllic society. Well, and like... They say this later in the episode, too, you know, Ardra could herself just be a concept that was invented afterward to make sure that the planet stayed on the right course after the planet's leaders at that time saw, okay, our world's about to end. We need to do something right now to fix it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the episode calls into question whether there even ever was an Ardra. There could have been, Ardra could have been a leader at that time. There's no telling. Right. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's kind of silly, though. It's like, if you're going to do something like that, you should make it where it's a threat that she'll come back, not a promise that she'll definitely come back to the day a thousand years later. Because <laughs> that's kind of been like a time bob in your code. You don't want to do that. You want to say, if we start fucking things up, she'll come back. So that gives people a reason to maintain. Well, you know, not just look at this... after a thousand years go, fuck it. The other way to look at this is let's say you know the legend of Ardra was written like 50 years after the reforms started well that's still okay. 950 years before anybody has to worry about it coming true the people writing it don't really need to give a shit uh, there's some serious parallels to modern day human <laughs> religions <laughs> uh, that's a discussion for another day 
and another group because I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> the important thing is how fabulous her dress is. Yes, yeah. and her earrings are cool too. Because the devil wears Prada. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> nice. You've been waiting all episode for that, haven't you? Actually, it just occurred to me. I was trying to figure out how to work it in, so I just ham fisted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're used well, to doing that. it up first. <laughs> All right. So she's just like, well, can you prove that I didn't do it? You know, which is like, no, I can't prove that you didn't do it. But whatever. All right. So he's just about to, Data is about to render judgment and clearly going to side with Ardra because Picard hasn't been able to prove shit. Data should have one of the judgment things from Decca Ranger. (laughs) Judgment time. So, uh, <laughs> again, there's a little adorable scene where Jordy comes in, he's all somber and everything. And yeah, we, well, we have a new evidence. Can we take a recess? And then Jordy's like, Hey data. Data's like, Oh, Hey Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And they're still like just two buddies. And they're like, they're, their friendship is totally above all of this bullshit. <laughs> hey man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? <laughs> uh, so they take it out of recess. Data goes uh, to the, like, you know, covered behind the chair. Yeah, Ardra knows that they're up to something, though, because she's watching with uh, my suspicious eyes. Private eyes. Uh, so, uh, so this is the episode where they do, so here's the plan. Whisper, 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 whisper. You know, well, they don't tell the audience, but they're clearly <laughs> discussing what the plan's going to be in detail. Although, I mean, he does reveal that he found the Enterprise, right? Yeah. It, it he says, you know, it's, it's exactly a... where it's supposed <laughs> to be. Right. Um, but the other ship put a cloaking field around it, and I was gonna say, uh, whatever. Though I gotta say, Ardra's ship is pretty fucking badass if it can fuck with the Enterprise this easily. I and would not even with a uh, Romulan cloaking device, but a, a knockoff of a Romulan cloaking <laughs> device, right? Where you can't like shoot weapons, but you can extend your stealth field. You can block transporters. You can teleport. You can do all kinds of crazy I shit. So yeah, I assume in this case the context of it being a bad copy means that if it was a real Romulan cloaking device, they never would have found it in the first place. Yeah, no Z particles at all, probably. Well, yeah, there's not supposed to be any particle emissions detectable from a cloaked Romulan ship. Right. So, but it is interesting though. I, I kind of wish they would have explained. Like, I wish we could have seen Ardra's ship, honestly. Because yep, if only I imagine, that wouldn't have cost loads of money to make happen. Oh, it would have been so cool, though, because <laughs> it's got to be a badass ship. And if she's like goes around doing this kind of stuff, she's like a, a smuggler con artist ship. It's probably fucking rad. Well, probably okay, like so... a hamburger with a little cockpit in the side of it, two little forks coming out. So the other option here would be that they would just, you know, reuse that uh, bronze Delta-shaped ship that's like, you know, every yes. other minor alien ship that ever appears. Yes, it's the Karelian freighter of Star Trek. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, so we're coming down through the... Uh, it's been an hour, apparently, and uh, Picard's like, oh, I've got your ass now. Um, <laughs> so he's talking He's talking to, to Jared Leto, whatever his name is. <laughs> he's like... How would you do that? I don't, I don't know. I saw the name Jared. That's all I could think of. It's either that or the, the, the place that sells diamonds or, or Jared who sells Subway sandwiches. So I went with Jared Leto. <laughs> I had three to choose from. I rolled the dice, man. Did Jared's sandwiches have Miracle Whip on them? Uh, you know, it's a special Asian sauce. Cream of some young guy. All right, so... Next feature, please be- leap that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My joke, not Scott. Scott was just lame. The <laughs> <laughs> so Picard starts with just, like, kissing Jared's ass. Oh, you're a wise and experienced leader. 
you trust your senses? And he's like, yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I go on some mad benders. Yeah, I am president of, like, the planet. You know I can get away with fucking anything, right? We may be in a Korean right. society. We got some good shit. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, what it's do you think herbal. our main export is? Huh? Huh? What do you think's in the burgers? <laughs> Miracle Whip? All right. So, <laughs> Picard's like, oh, I've stole Ardra's powers and she's powerless and now I have them. And Jared's like, uh, no. <laughs> like, he, I like his look of like, <laughs> don't say that or she'll kill us all. <laughs> and then Picard gives him a shit eaten grin <laughs> and smiles and then the whole room starts shaking. <laughs> so, objection. Then Data's like, no, I think he deserves a little leeway on this one. I'd especially since you did the same thing earlier. Yeah. So Picard's like, oh, well, Ardra, go ahead and stop it if you don't like it. And she's like, oh, I like the shaking. Well. It makes me feel tingly in my special lady parts. <laughs> <laughs> These chairs are very ergonomic. I just mm. like the absurdity, too, of like, no, I'm a person who just likes to experience earthquakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, in fairness, I'm someone who chose to move to California, so... Which means you like earthquakes and mudslides and wildfires. But you don't like gluten. Yeah. <laughs> or rain. <laughs> I... <laughs> None of you are wrong. <laughs> We're all, all technically right, so... correct. <laughs> so, Picard... is that? The best kind Picard of goes to the whole relevant right now. <laughs> Uh, so Picard goes to the whole gamut. It's like, oh, we've, you know, her, she's full of shit. I just used all of her powers. And then he just gives up the game. It's like, oh, we found her ship. Uh, the Enterprise took it over. And now we're using her ship to do the same exact thing. It's got crew in there. We we took prisoner, all of her crew members and everything. So it's just holography. They were pretty and, quick to talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently she's a real bitch to work for. <laughs> Who guessed? <laughs> she's kind of a prima donna you know who would have thought so basically she her whole ship is like built to like do this exact thing it's got hollow projectors and special transporters and cloaking devices and generators yeah yeah fourth yeah it's really cool pretty cool stuff she's got 23 aliases in this in this sector, sector yeah yeah holy shit a sector is like a dozen star systems uh like 20 by 20 by 20 light years yeah so, yeah, I mean, if they're about four or five light years apart, you do the math. I ain't, I ain't doing it. Three-dimensional so, math is beyond me. <laughs> so, yeah, Picard just lays down the smack and goes, she's taking you for a ride. She's not really who she is. She's a con artist. Ducka, ducka, ducka. She still tries. She does one more Hail Mary. <laughs> oh, I released the Ventaxians from my uh, service. <laughs> oh, the and I'll, I'll even let lady. them keep the peace they've developed. Yep, and I'll just be on my way. <laughs> and then <laughs> she turns around and then sashays and then poses. Yes. <laughs> Hands on hip. Wow. She's the best. <laughs> uh, so Data absolves the contract. It's all over. Oh, thank you, Kevin Ricard. I'm a gullible fucking moron who doesn't deserve the responsibility of governing an entire planet because I just believe whatever bullshit someone tells me. Hmm. Oh, God. That sounds familiar. I don't... <laughs> I don't have a skeptical bone in my body. Thanks, Captain Spaceman. 
in your red pajamas? That's Pachimmon. <laughs> no, that's a doctor. That's Dr. Spachimmon. <laughs> Somebody call Dr. Spaceman. <laughs> and then as the police are escorting Ardra away, it's just like, you haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> she laughs all the way down the hall. <laughs> I know. And she turns like, into this... Diva Talk, so she's in, in courted away. Uh-huh. It's great. And it really pisses me off that we never see or hear from her again. Oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. Also, the courtroom is the same exact uh, plaza that they initially beamed down in just with three chairs. Yes. Woohoo! Well, there's only that one Klingon construction man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to build a whole fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of good ideas, just one. I, I like how your Klingon construction man is Odo. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, Mickey's Odo is much better than mine, far superior. But how's this Klingon construction man? I don't They're know. We should ask him. I, I think he's on the road right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a magic mic moment. A bunch of Klingon stripping and everything. Do those ridges go all the way down? I'm sure that they do. I'm pretty sure they got backward spikes like a cat penis. I would I would assume. One one would assume. I'm assuming. Okay, so that was Devil's Due. Uh, uh season four, episode thirteen. It's Woo-hoo. a fun episode that I have more fun talking about if my head wasn't about to explode right now. Well, what's what 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 have you been putting into your head to make it explode? What have you been putting um, your head into to make it explode? Mexican? Like food or a Mexican? A little calm A, a little calm B. <laughs> Pedro, get out of there. Be gone with you. No, oh, no, no. He was putting his head in Pedro. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I was going heading. <laughs> yes, come senor. So anyway, what do we have <laughs> coming up? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, thing as well. So we don't have anything going on now. Uh, so, what is today? The fifteenth. Yeah. Yes. Next will be the twenty second, mm-hmm. and then after that will be Memorial Day, where Scott goes to a barbecue and doesn't show up for the podcast. <laughs> uh, that is frighteningly accurate, I would imagine. That's because that's what happened. I think. Well. I- well, I think this year we're actually having a Memorial Day thing uh, on Sunday here at the house. So well, Sunday is not Memorial Day. Well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. That's my point, is that we'll have the party on Sunday. Do you celebrate so Thanksgiving on Wednesday? <laughs> the stories Sometime. do. Yeah. Dude, motherfucker, I eat, like, chicken or, or turkey whenever I want, so it doesn't matter. So do I. Chicken turkey. Meanwhile, I eat tacos for Thanksgiving. Tacos for breakfast. It actually gives you something to be no, thankful I have salad for. for though. breakfast, remember? New Taco Ew. Bell cereal. <laughs> with with shapes. <laughs> what are the marshmallow shapes in Taco Bell cereal? Yeah. Chupas! Tostadas! No, they're the taco <laughs> ingredients. Uh, the corn cereal is shaped like little taco shells. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, the marshmallows, uh, they're like stripes of like chocolate. Green and then like not only yellow or some shit for cheese, and they fit yeah. inside the, the cereal taco shells, which are made of corn, of course. And then you pour sour cream in the bowl. <laughs> I like it. I mean, conceptually, I wouldn't want to eat that shit. You're crazy. <laughs> All well, right, people eat Taco Bell. <laughs> 
So I had yeah. uh, Taco Bell's um, chicken chips last week. Yeah, they um, sure exist. I don't. I haven't even seen those before. What are they? Um, so think of a chicken nugget, but it's only oh, yeah. a quarter inch thick and it's shaped like a triangle, and they serve it with you know cheese dipping thingy. Okay. It's basically tortilla chips reimagined as made of chicken. I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, chicken in whatever form we determine, that's that's fine. Could be better. Yeah, well, it's still Taco Bell chicken, so good luck with all that. If it was crispier, I think I would have been more of a fan of it, but that may also have just been because I got it and drove it home. Oh, that absolutely would do it. Yeah, I mean, just the, the road wear and tear. Taco enough. Bell has a shelf life of five minutes. At most, yeah. yeah. And which is really bad considering it takes at least 12 hours to digest it. <laughs> That's not <laughs> part of the, the shelf problem. life anymore. Well. That's the half-life. <laughs> <laughs> that's the half-life because that's why what comes out of you glows. <laughs> Regardless of which end it comes out. Yeah. So what do we do next week? Because there's apparently nothing on the list. Let's do Skin of Evil. Well, that would require us organizing Ken and Russ all at once. We might want to give ourselves a little bit more time to make that happen. Well, then let's do something else. We haven't done original series in a while. Okay. Any good suggestions? Nope. I gotta look. I gotta gotta actually go there and look. I don't know TOS nearly as well as I thought I did at one point. At one point, I was like, yeah, I got a lockdown TOS. I've seen all the episodes. And now we're watching them like, I have no idea what the fuck this is. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. I feel terrible. It's like, I thought I knew TOS, but I do not. Nor can I find it in Netflix like a retard. Come on. Where's that? It's under the S's. <laughs> For Star Trek. <laughs> oh, Okay. Ask for science. So I was thinking about changing the abbreviation of the show's title. Uh, to be, well, I want it to be uh, S-H-T-P-O-S-T, and we would uh, pronounce it as shitpost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does it accurate. break down to, though? Superhero Time presents, in parentheses that, one episode of Star Trek. Basically, you're just kind of, you know, dropping off one word to make the acronym work. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> this one sounds like it could be goofy. This side of paradise. The Enterprise lands on a planet. Wait, what? Is that the amusement park planet? I don't know. The, the Enterprise lands on a planet where everyone becomes very passive and affectionate towards oh, one another. Oh, it's the uh, funny planet Kirk, episode. Kirk soon learns the cause. But the initial line of the Enterprise lands on a planet. Well, that's not accurate. No. Who? What, what shit Gibbon wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> also, my inclination is that's probably not going to be a good episode to podcast about. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> uh, so what about the sitting on the edge of forever? Have we done that one? That one's too good for us. Like me and Mickey well, we talked get... about this in the beginning of doing the show. Like we can't do any episodes that are like, you know, no top classics. ten greatest episodes yeah. of all time shit. Okay, so the alternative. Want, everyone else in the world has already talked about them, except for in the pale moonlight. Well, that was more of a well, gimmick thing just to have Kilby on once. Yeah, that was a favor to Kilby. God knows he needs them. <laughs> <laughs> Any favors he can get. 
so the alternative factor, Kirk meets Lazarus, who claims he's chasing his parallel self through space and time, and if Kirk doesn't help him, the entire multiverse is at risk. We could do that one episode where Kirk gets amnesia and thinks he's an Indian. On oh, Indians. that should be nice. Oh, Ooh. that should be offensive. That sounds racist. <laughs> yeah, <do> that. <sighs> I like it. Let's do it. I'm not going to make any promises of how good it'll be to actually converse about, but it's a, you know, offensive premise. That at least sounds like something I want to watch to see how bad it is, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Also, oh, it's an episode Where... that takes place over the course of, like, seven months. He has amnesia for seven months? Yeah. Wow. Something like that. It, it, Let's just it, watch the episode where they go to the insane asylum planet again. No, no. <laughs> the episode was amazing. Good <laughs> Lord, Garth! That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was fun. God, I don't even... Who, what was the name of that episode? I don't even recognize any of these. Whom Gods Destroy? Yep. Is that, good Lord. Fucking nerds. <laughs> okay, there must be season three, right? As I've, as I've mentioned before, uh, I am very bad about being able to identify original Star Trek episodes by season. No. Oh, sorry. The Whom God Destroys the, is the one with Garth and all that. Sorry. I was thinking the one where he's an Indian. My bad. Sorry. Oh, that's... um. Gideon, that which survives. Way to Eden. Cloudminders. Oh, my God. There's so many. What's the name of that episode? Why don't they just call it Kirk Becomes an Indian? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Elon, no. Empath, no. Wink of an eye, no. Not Plato Step Children. Is it The World is Hollow? No. Something? No. Day of the Dove, Spectre of the Gun. Children's Paradise Syndrome. That's what it is. Season three, episode three. Perfect. That's got to be it. Yeah, because there's that like that 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 obelisk or whatever. That, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and there's Sacagawea there hanging out with him. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't mean Nancy Pelosi or whatever. Politics. We. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one. So we'll do Skinny People maybe the week after, eh? Uh, yeah. If we can wrangle. Ken, especially, uh, I don't think it'll be too much trouble to get Russ on board. We can. Oh, try he's to... gonna. What? Oh, I was gonna say he's gonna be shocked. We're gonna ask him back. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be under the condition that he's babysat. <laughs> he's going to do all his drinking before the show. <laughs> well, yeah, he's gonna drive drunk to get here. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it may, he I wouldn't have... put that past him. Well, on the bright side, if he does get that drunk and tries to drive, we won't have to have him on the show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, and, uh, I, I, I just want to know how badly he was hung over the next morning. <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, I was about to say, he, and he seems like one of the kind of people who doesn't get hung over. So an asshole. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, he's sort of I, genetically immune to alcohol's negative effects. So an asshole. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, I have to admit that I, I don't... The real reason he wasn't a gopher is he's still been drinking since then. Care <laughs> of the dog never stops. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Bloody Mary. Over as long as you're still g- g- putting the alcohol in your system. His body probably just like generates a base level of alcohol. He's got that gut bacteria that ferment that ferments <laughs> sugars and actually does that. That's great. Forever buzzed. Yeah. Like that song from the eighties. I was thinking that actually. That's the sad part. Uh, all right, good. So we got next week's, and then one after that. So yeah, we're looking good. Mm-hmm. How pleasant. Yeah. Until yeah. Scott forgets we're doing a show on Memorial Day. And I said, well, hopefully we're doing everything on Sunday, so Monday I should be free. Well, even if not, we'll have Russ and Ken, so we'll have a full boat. That's true. What I'm saying is, we don't need you. <laughs> I've known that since day one. <laughs> that's, not, that's not exactly news to me. But it's worth reminding you every so often. <laughs> right. You're, you in your you place. are completely disposable. Yeah, and see, and this is how... <laughs> like a camera. <laughs> well, I was going to say, this is... This oh, no, is I value cameras a lot more than I value Scott. <laughs> this, is why, this is why I can consider you guys family. You say the same things to me. <laughs> <laughs> 